Welcome to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. I'm so glad you've chosen to join me today in my special reading place. To come into my cozy magic story corner, you need two things. Ears ready to listen carefully and your imagination so that you'll be able to visualize the stories I read as I share them with you. Our first story is by Beatrix Potter. She loved writing stories about small animals, and in her vivid imagination, she saw them all as people, dressed in clothes, and some of them living in their very own little houses. Listen carefully now to the story of The Tale of Mrs. Tittlemouse. Once upon a time, there was a wood mouse, and her name was Mrs. Tittlemouse. She lived in a bank under a hedge. Such a funny house. There were yards and yards of sandy passages leading to storerooms and nut cellars and seed cellars, all amongst the roots of the hedge. There was a kitchen, a parlor, a pantry, and a larder. Also, there was Mrs. Tittlemouse's bedroom, where she slept in a little box bed. Mrs. Tittlemouse was a most terribly tidy, particular little mouse, always sweeping and dusting the soft, sandy floors. Sometimes a beetle lost its way in the passages. Shoo, shoo, little dirty feet, said Mrs. Tittlemouse, clattering her dustpan. And one day, a little old woman ran up and down in a red spotty cloak. Your house is on fire, Mother Ladybird. Fly away home to your children. Another day, a big fat spider came in to the shelter from the rain. Beg pardon, is this not Miss Muffet's? Go away, you bold, bad spider, leaving ends of cobweb all over my nice, clean house. She bundled the spider out at a window. He let himself down the hedge with a long, thin bit of string. Mrs. Tittlemouse went on her way to a distant storeroom to fetch cherry stones and thistle-down seed for dinner. All along the passage she sniffed and looked at the floor. I smell a smell of honey. Is it the cowslips outside in the hedge? I'm sure I can see the marks of little dirty feet. Suddenly, around a corner, she met Babbity Bumble. Bzzz, 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 said the bumblebee. Mrs. Tittlemouse looked at her severely. She wished that she had a broom. Good day, Babbity Bumble. I should be glad to buy some beeswax. But what are you doing down here? Why do you always come in at a window and say, Zzzz, bzzz, bzzz? Mrs. Tittlemouse began to get cross. Zzzz, bzzz, whizzz, replied Babbity Bumble in a peevish squeak. She sidled down a passage and disappeared into a storeroom which had been used for acorns. 
Mrs. Tittlemouse had eaten the acorns before Christmas. The storeroom ought to have been empty, but it was full of untidy dry moss. Mrs. Tittlemouse began to pull out the moss. Three or four other bees put their heads out and buzzed fiercely. I am not in the habit of letting lodgings. This is an intrusion, said Mrs. Tittlemouse. I will have them turned out. Bzzz, bzzz, bzzz. I wonder who would help me. Bzzz, bzzz, bzzz. I will not have Mr. Jackson. He never wipes his feet. Mrs. Tittlemouse decided to leave the bees till after dinner. When she got back to the parlor, she heard someone coughing in a fat voice, and there sat Mr. Jackson himself. He was sitting all over a small rocking chair, twiddling his thumbs and smiling, with his feet on the fender. He lived in a drain below the hedge, in a very dirty, wet ditch. How do you do, Mr. Jackson? Dreary me, you have got very wet. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mrs. Tittlemouse. I'll sit a while and dry myself, said Mr. Jackson. He sat and smiled, and the water dripped off his coattails. Mrs. Tittlemouse went round with a mop. He had sat such a while that he had to be asked if he would take some dinner. First she offered him cherry stones. Thank you, thank you, Mrs. Tittlemouse. No teeth, no teeth, no teeth, said Mr. Jackson. He opened his mouth most unnecessarily wide. He certainly had not a tooth in his head. Then she offered him thistle-down seed. Tiddly-widdly-widdly, poof-poof-puff, said Mr. Jackson. He blew the thistle-down all over the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mrs. Tittlemouse. Now what I would really, really should like would be a little dish of honey. I'm afraid I have not got any, Mr. Jackson, said Mrs. Tittlemouse. Tiddly, widdly, widdly, Mrs. Tittlemouse, said the smiling Mr. Jackson. I can smell it. That is why I came to call. Mr. Jackson rose ponderously from the table and began to look into the cupboards. Mrs. Tittlemouse followed him with a dishcloth to wipe his large, wet footmarks off the parlor floor. When he had convinced himself that there was no honey in the cupboards, he began to walk down the passage. Indeed, indeed, you will stick fast, Mr. Jackson. Tiddly, widdly, widdly, Mrs. Tittlemouse. First, he squeezed into the pantry. Tiddly, widdly, widdly. No honey? No honey, Mrs. Tittlemouse? There were three creepy, crawly people hiding in the plate rack. Two of them got away, but the littlest one he caught. 
Then he squeezed into the larder. Miss Butterfly was tasting the sugar, but she flew away out of the window. Tiddly widdly widdly, Mrs. Tittlemouse, you seem to have plenty of visitors, and without any invitation," said Mrs. Thomasina Tittlemouse. They went along the sandy passage. Tiddly widdly, bzzz, whizz, whizz. He met Babbity around a corner and snapped at her and put her down again. I do not like bumblebees; they are all over bristles," said Mister Jackson, wiping his mouth on his coat sleeve. "Get out, you nasty old toad!" shrieked Babbity Bumble. "I shall go distracted," scolded Missus Tittlemouse. She shut herself up in the nut cellar while Mister Jackson pulled out the bee's nest. He seemed to have no objection to stings. When Missus Tittlemouse ventured to come out, everybody had gone away. But the untidiness was something dreadful. Never did I see such a mess: smears of honey, and moss, and thistledown, and marks of big and little dirty feet. All over my nice clean house, she gathered up the moss and the remains of the beeswax. Then she went out and fetched some twigs to partly close up the front door. I will make it too small for Mister Jackson. She fetched soft soap and flannel and a new scrubbing brush from the storeroom, but she was too tired to do any more. First she fell asleep in her chair, and then she went to bed. Will it ever be tidy again? said poor Mrs. Tittlemouse. Next morning, she got up very early, and began a spring cleaning which lasted a fortnight. She swept and scrubbed and dusted, and she rubbed up the furniture with beeswax. And polished her little tin spoons. When it was all beautifully neat and clean, she gave a party to five other little mice, without Mister Jackson. He smelt the party and came up the bank, but he could not squeeze in at the door. So they handed him out acorn cupfuls of honeydew through the window. And he was not at all offended. He sat outside in the sun and said, "Tiddly widdly widdly, your very good health, Missus Tittlemouse." The end. Our second story by Beatrix Potter is about Jemima Puddle Duck. Listen carefully for the description of how she and the whiskered gentleman she meets are dressed, so that your mind's eye can see them as I read. The tale of Jemima Puddle Duck. What a funny sight it is to see a brood of ducklings with a hen! 
Listen to the story of Jemima Puddle Duck, who was annoyed because the farmer's wife would not let her hatch her own eggs. Her sister-in-law, Mrs. Rebecca Puddle Duck, was perfectly willing to leave the hatching to someone else. I have not the patience to sit on a nest for twenty-eight days, and no more have you, Jemima. You would let them go cold. You know you would. I wish to hatch my own eggs. I will hatch them all by myself, quacked Jemima Puddle Duck. She tried to hide her eggs, but they were always found and carried off. Jemima Puddle Duck became quite desperate. She determined to make a nest for them far away from the farm. She set off on a fine spring afternoon along the cart road that leads over the hill. She was wearing a shawl and a pretty poke bonnet. When she reached the top of the hill, she saw a wood in the distance. She thought it looked a safe, quiet spot. Jemima Puddle Duck was not much in the habit of flying. She ran down the hill a few yards, flapping her shawl, and then she jumped off into the air. She flew beautifully when she had got a good start. She skimmed along over the treetops until she saw an open place in the middle of the wood where the trees and the brushwood had been cleared. Jemima alighted rather heavily and began to waddle about in search of a convenient, dry nesting place. She rather fancied a tree stump amongst some tall foxgloves, but seated upon the stump, she was startled to find an elegantly dressed gentleman reading a newspaper. He had black prick ears and sandy-colored whiskers. Quack, said Jemima Puddle Duck, with her head and her bonnet on one side. Quack, the gentleman raised his eyes above his newspaper and looked curiously at Jemima. Madam, have you lost your way, said he. He had a long, bushy tail, which he was sitting upon, as the stump was somewhat damp. Jemima thought him mighty civil and handsome. She explained that she had not lost her way, but that she was trying to find a convenient, dry nesting place. Ah, is that so indeed, said the gentleman with sandy whiskers looking curiously at Jemima. He folded up the newspaper and put it in his coat-tail pocket. Jemima complained of the superfluous hen. Indeed, how interesting. I wish I could meet that fowl. I would teach it to mind its own business. But as to a nest, there is no difficulty. I have a sackful of feathers in my woodshed. No, my dear madam, you will be in nobody's way. You may sit there as long as you like. 
said the bushy, long-tailed gentleman. He led the way to a very retired, dismal-looking house amongst the foxgloves. It was built of weeds and turf, and there were two broken pails, one on top of another by way of a chimney. This is my summer residence. You would not like my earth, uh, my winter house. So convenient, said the hospitable gentleman. There was a tumble-down shed at the back of the house, made of old soap boxes. The gentleman opened the door and showed Jemima in. The shed was almost quite full of feathers. It was almost suffocating, but it was comfortable and very soft. Jemima Puddleduck was rather surprised to find such a vast quantity of feathers, but it was very comfortable, and she made a nest without any trouble at all. When she came out, the sandy-whiskered gentleman was sitting on a log reading the newspaper. At least he had it spread out, but he was looking over the top of it. He was so polite that he seemed almost sorry to let Jemima go home for the night. He promised to take great care of her nest until she came back again next day. He said he loved eggs and ducklings. He should be proud to see a fine nestful in his woodshed. Jemima Puddleduck came every afternoon. She laid nine eggs in the nest. They were greeny-white and very large. The foxy gentleman admired them immensely. He used to turn them over and count them when Jemima was not there. At last Jemima told him that she intended to begin to sit next day, and I will bring a bag of corn with me so that I need never have to leave my nest until the eggs are hatched. They might get cold, said conscientious Jemima. Madam... I beg you not to trouble yourself with a bag. I will provide oats. But before you commence your tedious sitting, I intend to give you a treat. Let us have a dinner party all to ourselves. May I ask you to bring up some herbs from the farm garden to make a savory omelet? sage and thyme, and mint, and two onions, and some parsley. I will provide lard for the stuff, uh, lard for the omelet, said the hospitable gentleman with sandy whiskers. Jemima Puddleduck was a simpleton. Not even the mention of sage and onions made her suspicious. She went round the farm garden, nibbling off snippets of all the different sorts of herbs that are used for stuffing roast duck. And she waddled into the kitchen and got two onions out of a basket. The collie dog, Kep, met her coming out. "'What are you doing with those onions?' Where do you go every afternoon by yourself, Jemima Puddleduck? 
Jemima was rather in awe of the collie. She told him the whole story. The collie listened with his wise head on one side. He grinned when she described the polite gentleman with sandy whiskers. He asked several questions about the wood and about the exact position of the house and shed. Then he went out and trotted down the village. He went to look for two foxhound puppies who were out taking a walk with the butcher. Jemima Puddleduck went up the cart road for the last time on a sunny afternoon. She was rather burdened with bunches of herbs and two onions in a bag. She flew over the wood and alighted opposite the house of the bushy, long-tailed gentleman. He was sitting on a log. He sniffed the air and kept glancing uneasily round the wood. When Jemima alighted, he quite jumped. "'Come into the house as soon as you have looked at your eggs. Give me the herbs and f- for the omelette. Be sharp!' He was rather abrupt. Jemima Puddleduck had never heard him speak like that. She felt surprised and uncomfortable. While she was inside, she heard pattering feet round the back of the shed. Someone with a black nose sniffed at the bottom of the door and then locked it. Jemima became much alarmed. A moment afterwards, there were most awful noises, barking, baying, growls and howls, squealing and groans, and nothing more was ever seen of that foxy, whiskered gentleman. Presently, Kep opened the door of the shed and let out Jemima Puddleduck. Unfortunately, the puppies rushed in and gobbled up all the eggs before he could stop them. Kep had a bite on his ear, and both the puppies were limping. Jemima Puddleduck was escorted home in tears on account of those eggs. She laid some more in June, and she was permitted to keep them herself but only four of them hatched. Jemima Puddleduck said it was because of her nerves, but she had always been a bad sitter. The End of the Tale of Jemima Puddleduck I hope you've enjoyed this second episode of the stories of Beatrix Potter as much as I've enjoyed reading them to you and that your imagination has let you see these little critters in God's world as I have read about them. Remember, all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all.